Welcome to Cinema Bushido. I'm your host, Matthew Whitaker. Uh, with me is my co-hi, Mr. Lee Van Cleef. How are you doing today? Uh, every day is a holiday, buddy. How are you doing? I think the appropriate response would be, every day is a holiday, my senpai. Yeah, senpai. You are absolutely <laughs> correct. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Uh, well, today we are talking about a movie we watched a while back, and we had intended to put together this podcast, and we sat on it for a while, and uh, we pondered it and pondered it some more, because it's not something, um, it's it's very straightforward, and it's not something that has a lot um, of complexity, but we're talking about the original 1999, or maybe the year 2000, Battle Royale. Lee, what did you think of Battle Royale? Uh, when I, when you first sent me the Battle Royale, uh, title, I thought it was going to be a bunch of, like, uh, martial artists that were, like, really fit and physically intimidating fighting in, like, a, like a giant, like, free-for-all match. Like what, so, or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but, like, more like, you know, like, everybody in the fighting arena at once, like, duking it out. I didn't think it would be, like, a bunch of Japanese teenagers, like, gutting each other and... And that's what it really is. It's really a movie that uh, it has a lot and that emphasizes violence and not much else. I know what you mean. That name does think that kind of it, it kind of um, exudes the we're going to have a bunch of guys. There was a movie um, you just made me remember it. It was awesome. It was the, it had the dumbest title. Um, the premise was Ice T was like a, a mob boss in the U.S. and he bought a prison. And before they were opening the prison the next day, they put, like, every cool-ass assassin in the place, dumped a barrel of guns and bullets on him, and had them all fight to the death. And it was called... God damn it, I gotta look it up. Anyway, <laughs> as you can see, that was a battle royale, right? Yeah, that, that would have been more apropos. I got it. It was called Mean Guns. <laughs> I mean... And guess who, it had, just... guess who it had in it? Bolo Young. I wish. No, it had called him a cloud of the Clad McCloud. Oh, oh yeah, my my buddy. Yeah, he was he good. never he's never cruising for a piece of ass, Garfield. He is. <laughs> he's never. Every time he's cruising, it's usually like for fun, like the Beach Boys. It's never for a piece of ass, you know. <laughs> oh, anyway, <laughs> well, so we're doing a different format um, of uh, for Battle Royale. We instead of doing the um, we we get it kind of into the plot of it the plot is simple um it is exactly the hunger games everybody who's listening to this has watched the hunger games um they ripped it off almost piece by piece um it had a few small things it was a, a it was like a 10th grade class or maybe it was like a 11th grade class instead of a bunch of poor people from uh, meaningless divisions <laughs> which was the hunger games thing but um, yeah, it's Japanese, uh, so you have that. But it was like, there were a bunch of ripoffs. Like uh, each person gets a backpack that had a certain items in it, and they weren't particularly good or bad, or they could be awesome. There might be a machine gun, or there might be a frying pan, that kind of thing. And also, when people die, they do the announcements of who's died in what sectors, and they move people around from sector to sector. All that stuff was really just to keep the plot moving, which is why um, that lady—I don't even know her name—stole it for her book. And I don't know why the guy who wrote the manga, which this film is based on, didn't sue the heck out of her and say, what the hell, man? Because that's pretty compelling stuff. Um, what do you think? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, obviously, having seen The Hunger Games, uh, I immediately thought of parallels. I thought there was a... The thing that stuck out to me the most was kind of a Lord of the Flies thing. And, like, they're in the Class B indoc in the beginning... 
you can kind of see the metal of every character as they're called. It was really well done. It kind of there were some subtleties in their mannerisms, but you could tell right away like who like they the child the child actors were showing you what that character was really going to be like when they were getting their name called and getting their pack. Um, and and then this like the lack of civility in the different gradations. Like some people maintain their civility. Uh, no matter what, and other people lose it so fast it's not even funny. Yep. So that that kind of reminded me of that. Otherwise, I I mean I I thought it was a, actually a pretty gory movie. I was shocked that it said rated F rated fifteen in Japan. I was like for like severely violent movies. I I, I don't know if I had a fifteen year old kid, I'd be like, yeah, go ahead and watch this movie. It was pretty it was pretty brutal. But you'd, you'd have to think the reality is is that if this really happened, they wanted all the kids older than fifteen to be ready. I suppose I, I don't I don't know. Like I another thing I, that kind of stood out was like it's a dystopian future with like an economic collapse, but all the kids still wear uniforms. You know, right? right. You're just you're just like we don't have any money, but listen, you're gonna wear a uniform. So, so I was gonna I was gonna ask you a question because I uh, I had something on my on my uh, translation of the screen. What did the uh, what did the the chalkboard say at the beginning? With uh, with the teacher when when the class B didn't show up for school, what did that say on your end? When, oh, when right, you it was something like um, didn't want to show up to school today or something along those lines. Yeah, mine was like "fuck your compulsory education." I was like, "What the <laughs> hell?" <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, back really quickly to Lord of the Flies. Um, I read that like years and years and years ago. What did Lord of the Flies? What was the title in reference to? Like, is the Lord of the Fly the guy the, at the top of the pile of shit, or, like, I'm mean, forget the plot of the story. Like, where does the line, like, was that a line in the book, or is it a, a picture that we're supposed to have of the, the fly that's on the top of all the other flies? I don't know. That's a good point, dude. I I'm don't just know. wondering. I'd never thought of it <laughs> until you said the title. I'm like, all right, we got Battle Royale, we got the Hunger Games, I just, we got I just really and... remember them sl- slaughtering the fat kid, you know? Yeah, yeah me, too. me too. There were a lot of rocks and a lot of angry kids. Yeah. It was very it was sandy. Like, and there were only a handful of kids who were like, no, no, let's be reasonable. And everybody else was like, ooga chaka, ooga chaka. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, uh, I wanted the opportunity to um, say the words cat piss ever pee in because she's my favorite character from the hunger games okay i'm done with that um we're we're gonna do i want to know um we're gonna go with three scenes here um i want your not in a row i mean you're gonna give me one and i'm gonna give you one and we'll go through our favorite kills in this movie i think that's a lot more fun than um wondering pondering about the japanese government state in this dystopian future and where the money went where's the beef (laughs) all that i want to know what was your first just think of it i I don't know if you have these written down because i know you take some notes but they probably weren't this in particular but let me know what what was one of your favorite kills oh the first one was the lighthouse death scene uh with the girls with all the girls who were like practicing that in-group preference that women so like to to utilize and they're all locked up in the lighthouse and that one girl comes in and she's like she she's act. I'm like, whoa! Is this girl drunk? Because she's all like, she sat. She look. She acts really drunk, and then she like she eats the poison that was meant for the the little boy. And uh, and I thought that scene really just proved that teenage girls are volatile and should never be given automatic weapons. Yeah, that was my number three scene. So I'll jump oh. from three. I'll make it. I'll just bring it to one. Um, I loved it too. The way they were so catty and it was really like, you know, you were on the brink of, are they going to be the team that wins because they're binding to, they're 
you know, getting together and and of course a boy is gonna break it all up. And when they when they hit, they hit right. Oh yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, just so many bullets and so much. Why are you doing this? And the poison. Oh god, terrific. Okay, so that knocks out our first two. Uh, give me your second one. Uh, the uh, the scene where uh, the boy he like he. He thinks he's good to go because he's got the bulletproof vest, and then the uh, the crazy kid beheads him, and then uses his head to hold the grenade as he's trying to sh- uh, to smoke out the uh, the three antagonists in the movie. And when he throws that grenade through that window, the grenade is in the kid's mouth. And like, if you see a grenade, you're gonna leave, right? But if you see a be- a beheaded person you might not leave right away you might you might hesitate because you're looking at a beheaded skull you know and i thought that was like a deep deeply intelligent and kind of a psychological angle that i don't know who wrote that but that was a stroke of genius whoever yeah. wrote that because i know i would hesitate it would have been a little better if he would have put like some lipstick on it or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's like why so serious right exactly or some teardrops next to the eye so you could like imply it with somebody really hardcore tear Tears, <laughs> totally Ruthie. Um, okay, well, my number two, uh, yeah, it was uh, Kazuo. He's exactly you're talking about the beheader. Um, it's really, it's just always one of my favorite things. It's the Columboisms out in the world, the Zadoichis. He's uh, walking along. He's accosted on the beach by you know six kids, and they're all just yeah. like, "Hi, you dumb shit!" <laughs> and of course, what did he do? He does not play the dumb shit. He gets the gun. He kills. All of them. It was fan freaking fantastic, and it's a beautiful scene anyway, out on the beach, and and you didn't know he was going to do it. They were hesitating. It's one of those classic uh, tropes too, right? He's like, you know, kind of being normal, and they're like, "Well, why are you so stupid? Like, where'd you come from?" They want too many questions, and then once he he gets the upper hand, they're like, "Well, wait, we'll wait," and of course he doesn't wait. Yeah, it's a tale as old as time, really. Yeah. Yeah. When you have something in your grasp and your complacency just kind of steals you away from it. <laughs> it is something I've seen like a billion times in cinema books, everything. And every time it's like, no, oh, crap. Yeah. There you go. The dollar bill that floats off the Eiffel Tower, you know, into the river. I believe they call those euros. <laughs> or I, in my, in my um, imagination, I was a, a French guy. So I, so I, it, before the euro, come on. Oh, the uh, the Louis? No, no, no. It was a, a Frank, the Franck. <laughs> Are you sure it was a Franck? That was the German thing. Was it the it? Swiss, too. No, the Germans had the uh, Marks. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I don't okay. know. The Swiss have the Franck, too. I don't know. It seems Listen weird up. that the that the, the French would have a Franck. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, no, no, no. It makes sense. Franck, Franck. The, uh, another thing is, is that the, the Euros, the one Euro is actually a coin. It's weird when you see their their wallet because it's got like a little baby purse built into it and you're like dude i have one of those purses yeah you're like you're a guy bro it's brown leather and has a little snap on it oh it's (laughs) time for me to pay listen brometheus i'm gonna need you to have a more masculine wallet (laughs) well you know they have the dollar coin in canada as well and uh people just throw them at each other i don't acknowledge canada as a country well it is our hat i mean canada they started a country and nobody showed up but you know who showed up? If you read any Margaret Atwood, who showed up are all the dirty criminals that uh, didn't happen to get shoved into Australia. I don't read. You know that. <laughs> and I'm also not sure it has anything to do with Australia. It's just very similar. It's like yeah. it's another outcast, you know. 
Yeah. It was like America, but more fucked weather-wise. Yeah, like America, we came, we were just like, we went away from these crazy Brits. Let's kill everybody here and steal their land. They were like, we're already like the worst. So we got sent to Canada because we're not going to the U.S. And then, yeah, here you go. Yeah. It's like we invented rock and roll and went to the moon. And they like, <laughs> they stayed in their mom's basement, you know? Like, they, like they're, the, they're, the, they're the cousins that are the siblings that like are still under the monarchy of England. Do and we're like... Do you know how many trees you'd have to lick to invent maple syrup? <laughs> I mean, just out in the forest, walking around aimlessly, licking trees, and every little goopy thing coming out of them until they thought, oh, that's pretty good. We should make this our national thing. <laughs> Did you know the Canadians are quite proud to be Canadian? Did you know that? They're like, they have like a, a chauvinism that could rival the French or the average Oregonian. What's, that, that, all, what's that all about? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, awesome, awesome. Okay, well, are we up to our final scene? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, my final kill scene, I gotta go back. Oh, God, yeah, this was so easy. It um, it was, I think, the first kill, and I think that's what made it very satisfying. But it was the cheesy best friend of Shuya, or I know mm-hmm. that was his, his kid name, whatever. But, yeah, he's, like, talking shit. He had earlier, he had cut... Um, Kitano on the butt cheek or whatever. So it was just justice, right? He's talking shit again. He's like, thinks he's still like, I'm, I'm showing my ass. Like the baboon in the zoo just showing his big red ass and poof, right between the eyes. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, got one, I've got one response to that, Ghost. You're a real pain in my ass. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure he would have said the same thing, except it would have sounded cooler in Japanese. He, he actually did say it to that kid. He said, you're a real pain in my ass. Nice. Uh, the, uh, my favorite scene was, uh, my third favorite scene was the, the two girls that were like, like they have like an emotional breakdown during the end doc when they're getting their stuff. Yeah. And, and they like, they're like, Oh, I'll never kill you. And they're all like crying and stuff. And then they're like, they're like the first ones to just jump off the cliff like <laughs> together. Like there was no hesitation. They were just like about it, man. As soon as, as soon as they got to the edge of the cliff, they were like, Oh, I love you too. Blah, blah, blah. And they were gone. That's so sweet. It's kind of the other end of the spectrum. It's like hopeless, but it's not really cowardice, right? Like they're not really. No. I mean, I wouldn't do it. I'd be holding out, bro. <laughs> but I mean, it takes a certain kind of balls to jump off a cliff, you know, and die. Yeah, you know, I think I would have done something more dramatic to make my um, my neck thing go off. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking if I'm I am hopeless and I'm like, well, shit, there's no way I'm going to be able to beat these guys. They're all Navy SEALs or something like that. So I think, all right. Since I know there's no way I can't hide out or anything else, I just do something. I don't know. Go. Uh, um. I, I I thought the entire plot of the movie was going to be them attacking the army guys. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, battle royale. I thought I thought like they were going to like a group of them, a, a small nucleus was going to be like fuck your rules, and then just like attack the school anyway. Because if they can get one pop shot off on on uh, on Grandpa Angry Pants with the busted leg, they they've got it. And yeah. they they didn't they didn't do a damn thing. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I, I did really super appreciate the the element of the hackers. That was a fun little thing thrown in. Yeah, if, if you're gonna do it. Honorable mention for the deaths was the uh, um, sorry, I got I got distracted for a second. The honorable mention for the deaths would have been uh, the fat kid. When he gets taken out, he just yeah. proves if all fat people suck. You know, you know and it's true. Um, aside from, um, there's a movie that has um, Sammo Hung 
has a new movie. I mean, it's about two years old, where he's like 70 years old. He can barely walk, and he's quite obese. And he goes around, um, and it's, it's all a camera trickery, but he uses uh, martial arts to beat up people. So I think that would prove you wrong. Sam Hong, I, I, I have no response to that. Yeah? All right. I'm yeah. That. Well, are you yeah. ready to jump into the top six? Of course I am, buddy. All right. Well, this top six is cool um, because uh, there was really nothing about Battle Royale. There's a bunch of stuff that would have just been really kind of, in the manga, they did this. How is it different in this? And you'd be like, what? So for you, what I decided to do is um, give you just uh, Japanese trivia. No. All right, fair, fair enough. I think you'd have an easier chance. Like I had started my top six, and I was going to ask you. Um, no, no, no. Favorite? I'm not. I'm not questioning. The, I'm not questioning your methodology, buddy. Okay. I, yeah. The first question was going to be who was the first person hurt in the film, and you see kind of where that's going. You're just like, oh, yeah. It was like the button cut Kitano, yeah. and uh, yeah. this is stupid. We'd just be rehashing the movie, and it sucks. Okay, so. There is a cafe in Japan where you can spend 10 bucks to hang out with a particular animal. What animal do you suspect that it is? You know, it's interesting. I don't really relate any kind of animal to the Japanese in particular. Uh, do you want a my, No, no, no. Please don't. Because at it, first I was thinking about their like, three-toed dragon. And I was like, but that animal is mythical. Oh, that's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A panda bear? Uh, it is a cat. There's a cat cafe in Tokyo where customers pay about 800 yen, or they did at one point, about 10 bucks to hang out for an hour with cats. That's so gay. But you know, I was starting thinking about the good luck cat with the the paw that goes up and down. I know, but I would never pay you money to hang out with a cat. Well, we've got them everywhere. And, you know, I think it's like a novelty because people can't own them as easily there. You've got these little flats, and I don't know, it would be pretty gross, I guess. But they're super popular anyway. Fair enough. Did you notice in Hanabi there was that uh, temple with the cats? Yeah, I noticed there were cats running around there. Yeah, yeah. and then um, also one of my favorite authors, uh, Murakami, he has a he has like a talking cat in one, and cats are like a big subplot. So I don't know what it is, but there's a cat thing, and maybe one of our listeners can, you know, enlighten us to the cat fanaticism of uh, modern Japan. I think when the other people around the world said they love pussy, the Japanese misinterpreted it. Right. They were like, oh, you honey, you honey too? <laughs> I get kitty. Um, <laughs> what is the only foreign language taught in Japanese schools? I'd say English for sure. No, that's because you got it. Yeah. I thought maybe it would confuse you and you'd be like, oh, shoot. Yeah, what's around there? Is it, you know? Listen, we don't drop atomic bombs on people and then not make them learn our language. It's a fact, Jackson. Did you know, as a fun fact, that the Japanese were actually willing to surrender as early as 43? Their only condition was that they'd be allowed to keep their emperor. Mm-hmm. They were willing to surrender everything else. And we were like, nope, we're just going to drop bombs on you and firebomb the piss out of you. That's terrible. Yeah. We're really the good guys, though, guys. Yeah, I mean, why can't... That's why That's why we don't give nice things. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's one to, out of two. Uh, number three... Um, yeah, what is uh, illegal to do after midnight in uh, Japanese nightlife? Ooh, that's a good one. Hmm? Uh, I'm going to say... Yeah, you, you don't know it's, if it's going to go, like, 
far off into the darkness or yeah like or... like you can't buy used panties from the vending machine after midnight <laughs> right right no uh godzilla monster costumes <laughs> yeah. and you know yeah no uh it is not drinking it is um no dancing after midnight <laughs> footloose yeah it is footloose exactly you had to get like a special dance license for certain clubs and then you could go in uh so, yeah, they would go in barns, I guess, and they'd play 80s music and, you know, dive over tractors. I'm making all that that end stuff up. If you've never seen Footloose, it happened in the show, in the movie. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, there's a, it's a very agrarian place, Japan. It's not like it's a built up or anything. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so you are one out of three. Uh, and you, yeah, so you got two more. You still have a chance. Um, number four. What kind of people are prohibited from entering Japanese bathhouses? Now, I threw it out there because if I make it too specific, yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. What kind of people are not allowed to enter Japanese bathhouses? I'm going to say minors. I like that. Because I thought you would go for what, you know, like America, right? We would have trouble with uh, uh, the Caitlyn Jenners of the world or whatever. But it is actually tattooed people. But I'll give you a follow-up that still could give you credit. Why do they not want tattooed people in their bathhouses? And, um, because of the, 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 uh, the idea of that disease could be spread through the water? I don't know. I like it. No, it's because of the whole <sighs> Yakuza thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're like, eh, you come in here with that, we're all going to be scared of you, or... I don't know. Something like that. All right. So um, that is, yeah, you've lost, but um, I'm giving you the last <laughs> one anyway. <laughs> this is a fun one. Um, there's an island in Japan where large groups of animals will chase tourists for treats. What animal do you think that is? I think that's that one lizard that's really dangerous. That uh, The one with the... Uh, the Komodo dragon? Or the Komodo, Komodo dragon, yeah. It is wrong. It is uh, the small island of uh, Okunoshima in the inland sea of Japan is populated by hundreds of friendly wild rabbits that like to chase tourists for treats. The island has a darker past, though. It is where Japan produced poison gas for chemical warfare that they carried out in China during World War II. So are they nice or not? I mean, if a rabbit chases me, I I wish a rabbit would try and chase me, you know? Yeah, and this final question I had, just in case you made it here... Because I, you, yeah, you, you were just done a long time ago. This is so, yeah. just so typical of you. And this one, yeah. um, it has no um, definitive answer, but I feel like um, you're going to have an answer, and I want to hear you argue it a little bit. The Japanese schoolgirl outfit, hot or not? On a grown girl, on a grown up, over the age of eighteen. In general, it's a thing that you you watched I mean, in this movie. I mean, it, on a grown up though, like I'm not going to judge it on like on a ten year old, but on a on a grown woman. I think you answered my question already. No, it is not. Because if you have to take something that a 10-year-old would wear and put it on a grown woman and then try to judge it, there's something wrong with you. No, 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 bro. You're, you're wrong. <laughs> like, for instance, like, like you put dresses on little kids, right? But that doesn't mean the dress is bad. You put, <laughs> you put a dress on an adult woman and you're like, hey, baby. But it's more of a dress of style. It's kind of like sexy Halloween outfits or something like that. I think most of those are pretty lame. So if you have I mean, like a little Hello Kitty outfit and then you put it on a, a woman. Eh. I, think, I, think, I think you'd obviously have to like take her into the tailor and hem it up a little bit. So it's a little bit more thigh. But yeah, I could totally. I'm totally down. I think Japanese women are attractive. So is it um, just if I would have said pantsuit, would the answer have been the same? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, well then there's something wrong with you still. Yeah, or tracksuit. I don't think pantsuits and tracksuits belong to women. 
Unless they have, like, cankles. I would say, and, I do would say not even on people. Well, I mean, like, some people really need it. Like, when Hillary Clinton wears it, I'm like, good for you, Hillary Clinton, good for you. Like, you know, like, I understand that you're a mess down there. I get it. But, like, you know, like, if, like, a hot girl was going to wear pants, I'd be like, well, I mean, come on, baby. What happened to summer dresses, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's something wrong I, with you. And the Catholic schoolgirl outfit is kind of the same thing. I mean, it's like, you know, it's one of those things where, like, but when you, but when a hot girl does it, you're like, oh, hey, baby. All right. Uh, honorable mention is that one evil girl, the one oh, yeah. who was like pimped out by her mom. I kept thinking the whole time, if she makes it when she turns eighteen, we can make this work, baby. We can make this yeah, work. yeah, she was cool as heck. Um, yeah. I one scene that you didn't talk about, but I, I think I'll just throw it out to you uh, because I feel like we talked about it maybe independently. But um, the toilet paper hanging. Oh scene. yes, that was perfect. So like. I was telling Ghost, aka Matthew Whitaker, that uh, uh, I was like, "Yeah, when he when he goes in to see and he sees his dad and his dad's hanging himself and he's got the toilet paper. It's like you can make it." Like the thing that tripped me out was like his pants are down around his ankles. Like I get that he hung himself and he probably used the bathroom before he did, so he didn't poop all over the floor. <laughs> but like, why don't you pull up your pants, you fucking un you unhappy motherfucker, before you? commit suicide and then i realized that that's why he committed suicide because he he wasn't smart enough to realize to pull up his pants before yeah that was really suicide. they didn't give a lot of backstories but they you notice that they went ahead and they threw that one in they're like you know we've got 56 kids we're not going to have a lot of backstory on any of them we'll have a little bit here and a little here but let's definitely have this kid have a dad who killed himself in toilet paper saying you can do it and we'll make sure his pants are down and uh and, you know, one of the other guys creative in the room, he's like, well, how about, like, some turds on the ground that say, like, good luck? You know, like, <laughs> they're, like, organized into the, the words or maybe, I don't know, some scrotum blood or something on the wall that says, you know, best to you, son. And, you know, they, they, they fired that guy. Yeah, I was going to say, that's why I hate meetings. is <laughs> because it always eventually gets down to the lowest common denominator. Oh, my God. You know, I hate meetings with a passion. and Exactly. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I won't even go there. Fair All right, so uh, that was our top six. You failed, as always. Um, let's really quickly, before we uh, head out here, I want to talk about the uh, Saturday malt liquor roundtable. So you, um, this is something fun that uh, you've been organizing lately. Um, what was the first one about? It, the first one was about, uh, com uh, I, it was about uh, comic book movies and kind of the expanded universe in general, the idea and kind of discussing the nature of of cinema as it's going forward in this kind of in this realm and uh it, initially we recorded like i don't know way back in like november late uh, late august early november but i uh you know i sat on it for a while and then i kind of heard it and i i, I i'm a podcast listener myself so i wanted to kind of put some more production values into it and revamp it and i've, I've been revamping all the episodes so now i have like intros and stuff and i feel like it's a little bit more to my to my standard uh but the first one uh is really the, the premise is just basically like drinking malt liquor on a saturday morning and and shooting the shit yeah that's what makes it special um in my mind too because i i for one would never really care about a podcast that even talked about comic book movies but when you put it on a saturday morning with a bunch of people sitting around drinking malt liquor out of paper bags well it suddenly fell into my wheelhouse so <laughs> Yeah, it feels more juvenile, and who, who among <laughs> us really wants to grow up? Come on, yeah. I mean, 
Well, I mean, yeah, if you would have called it, I'm not tracking with you perfectly, if you would have called it the Saturday morning um, scotch whiskey and brie roundtable, I'd still be in on it, you know? It's about working on the Saturday morning and talking about movies. That's Well, and another thing is is that I I like the fact that the malt liquor is kind of irreverent to the idea of a roundtable, right? Like, Oh, I see. Like, there's no such thing as a round table about, like, gin and juice, right? And it's because it's it's kind of like, I like, listen, I like, uh, I, I uh, subscribe to different kinds of, like, round tables and panel discussions on YouTube about different kinds of, like... Well, forget, uh, wait, wait, forget your fancy stuff. What about the Knights of the Round Table? They probably I mean, had something equivalent to malt liquor. Yeah, I think they called it wine. Oh, yeah. was it wine? And and mead, I think they had wine and yeah, mead. Yeah, and, beer. and uh, mead is honey, right? So you're right. Yeah. There was no malt, malted liquor. Well, they, I mean, they had beer. I mean, beer has been around for forever, but I don't know if they had a hops beer or not at that time, because this would have been prior to um, the the. I mean, this would have been just after the Roman fall of the empire. Uh, so Arthur's kind of like in that period in between that and when things get more recorded in England. So it would probably be like a, like a, maybe not a hops beer, but beer, beer wasn't originally made with hops anyway. It was made with like honey and stuff and fruits and stuff. Right. Well, final thought for you. I, I, this is just something since we brought this full circle to this, let's say Magneto could travel through time um, and punk the heck out of Arthur. But do you think he would be able to use his powers to pull the sword out of the stone and become the king? Or whatever. Well, I don't know because other superheroes have never been able to break magic. So, like Superman is is infamously, but never really, de- uh, really accurately dem- demonstrated to be in cinema uh, uh, defenseless against magic. I don't know if Magneto could break magic because magic kind of like is just like thing that comes out of the ether that says that we fuck your laws of physics. Okay. So. So for me, I'm not sure that he could do that. But I think it wouldn't matter because the moment, you know, anybody raised up to Magneto. Right. I mean, he could just, you know, make like a mountain crushed Arthur and that would be it. But I'm with you. That's cool. I agree with you completely now that you've explained it to me. You're right. Magic says, screw your laws of physics. I don't care if you're the biggest super magnet in the world. You're not going to be able to. Like the stone could disappear and the sword would just kind of hang there in the air held by magic. Yeah, and not only that, like, I, I think that uh, uh, it doesn't matter, because once Arthur gets a... I mean, like, let's say you're wearing plate mail. I mean, what, what's what's Magneto going to do? Is this going to rip you apart? Is gonna, yeah. Or, or, cr- or crush you in a suit of... In, in your own personal coffin. I do mean, you realize that's what makes that situation better than every comic book movie that's out right now, is that there's actually a way for the main guy, in this case King Arthur, to lose against somebody? I mean... I always root against King Arthur. I don't know about you. <laughs> He's stupid. I mean, come on. You, you uppity cunt. How about he, he traveled through time, King Arthur, and he went and he cut the Gordon knot? Then he became the master of Asia. No, he'd still get beat down by the, by the Greeks. <laughs> okay. All he, right. wouldn't, he wouldn't want none from the hoplites. Well, thank you, Lee, as always. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Saturday morning malt liquor roundtable, so um, I'll be watching for that. That That is going to be at uh, analogmayhem.com. Yeah, that should be coming out. I'm going to project it February 1st. I am. I have two episodes in the, uh, in the old cartridge. I want to get a third one, and then um, I'm purchasing a couple other things that I want to add on there, like an, a proper outro and a proper 
background for like a YouTube to be able to do commercials and stuff like, but otherwise pretty much ready to go. Very nice. Well, thank you as always. And uh, until next time. My pleasure, my friend.